Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode. This episode is called Making an Impact in Ireland. This is a story of two Irishmen, one born in America with great Irish roots and one born and raised in, in County in Cork, Ireland. It's a pod, it's a podcast about connecting our two great countries and raising awareness about that's about stuttering and the importance of early inter- intervention our 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 very own dr joe donher from chop was welcomed in ireland by Jamie Guggen, a person who stutters, who is making conversations about about stuttering more acceptable and common. Jamie, founder of Stuttering Awareness Mental well-being Ireland I took Joe on an Irish tour meeting with the Irish Parliament and national sports teams and other Irish influencers educating them and changing the perception about what it means to be a person who stutters in Ireland as we learned in the podcast, it's only the, the beginning as Joe and, and Jamie are planning a stuttering Irish exchange program. I, I, I take a listen to this funny and sometimes emotional discussion between these two wonderful Irishmen. Enjoy. Welcome to the Stuttering Springboard. My name is Brian Nolan, the founder of the Nolan Stuttering Foundation. Uh, This podcast is meant to help young people who stutter understand the different levels uh, that they'll go through and we help them spring to the next level. We do that by talking with uh, successful adults who stutter, uh, younger people who who stutter and share their journey. And today I am joined by two Irishmen. Uh, so I, I'm sure there's going to be an Irish joke in here somewhere. Uh, Jamie Guggen uh, from uh, County Cork, Ireland, who is the founder of the Stuttering Awareness, Mental Wellbeing Ireland, also a member of the Board of Directors and and European representative to the World Stuttering Network, included in the list of top 100 influencers in the World Stuttering community. Um, I've had several conversations with him, and uh, he is changing the world for people who stutter 
and for those to un understand what it's like to be a person who stutters, Jamie stutters himself. Joe Donahue is also joining us, the other Irishman from America, but with great Irish roots. You've heard Joe before, the program director, uh, director for research and academics at the Center for Childhood Communications at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. My mentor in so many ways, um, show me the way. And I'm so, so grateful uh, for you both uh, for being here. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the Stuttering Springboard. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Brian. So let's jump in. How did you two meet? Because you two seem like you became like best friends. You must, you must be relatives somewhere along the, the Irish lineage. Lineage is that true, Joe? How'd you guys meet? Well, it's interesting because uh, the first time we actually met face to face was when I landed in Ireland. So uh, we had been cultivating relationship prior for about a year and a half before that. My daughter was studying at uh, DCU in Dublin her junior year of college. And uh, I was just, uh, I think I came across something Jamie had posted and I was intrigued by what he was talking about and uh, all the great work he did. So I, I just reached out and we started talking uh, on emails. And, and then Jamie has a way of being able to ask for anything. So he does. What, one of our conversations, he's like, hey, would you write a book chapter for me? And so I was like, on what? And he's like, oh, whatever you want. And I was like, sure. And I did that. And then he called me a little bit after that. And he said, hey, we read another chapter. And so I said, sure, I'll do that. And then uh, the next time we really talked was he introduced me to this amazing opportunity with his book and with the release of it. And, and, and so we're going to get into that a, a little bit. We're, we're also going to get into an incredible week in Ireland that that you two had where um, uh Joe, you met with the highest levels of, of government, professional sports teams, uh, to educate them on stuttering and advocate for early intervention of, of stuttering therapy. Um, so it, you know, I, I've known Joe for some time, and uh, Joe was like about as over the top excited for this opportunity. Uh, and uh, so let's. Let's dive into, uh, Jamie, just a little bit of your background. Um, uh, did you grow up in County Cork? And then can you tell us a little bit about your stuttering journey? Yeah, um, so I am from a town called um, um, Clonacilty. It is the hometown of the Irish uh, General Michael, uh, Michael uh, Collins. And when I was four years old, I fell and I hit my head and I knocked out my four front teeth. And it was from that impact um, to the head I developed to have a stutter. Mm. But I never realized the impact it was it was at having until later. And mm. the first time I felt um, different was um, about eight or nine years old. Um, the uh, teacher was doing the roll call and I could not say the word on show, which in uh, which in Irish it means uh, which, which in Irish it means uh, present. 
and the entire room uh, laughed. And I think that was the first time that I felt uh, different. And growing up, I was always watching my mom and dad on the phone and they were trying desperately to get me help. And that always broke my heart to say, why can't I do this myself? I knew I could always, you know, inside my own mind do it, but it always broke my heart um, to watch that happen. And to having my mom and dad make a appointment with the dentist and to make the phone calls uh, for me, or if you wanted to order food at a restaurant, um, it not only is it uh, embarrassing, but um, the feeling of shame that you can't do it, you, that you cannot do this yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that, you know, watching my mom and dad, it always um, haunted me for a long, long time. And I never found my kind of way out of it until um, my first presentation at the university. And it was a 20 minute presentation, but I couldn't get past the first slide because I could not actually introduce myself. It was a whole new environment. You're you're out of your um, comfort zone. You're in a whole new place, all new lecturers. And I couldn't uh, introduce myself and I couldn't introduce the topic that I was going to present. And I went home to my student accommodation and I locked myself away for uh, three days. And I had some very bad thoughts um, in my mind. And so I kind of had uh, two roads. Then am I gonna reach out and, and actually get help or am I gonna do something else? Hmm. And uh, those were the thoughts. They were very, very dark at that time because I did not see um, any light. I did not see um, hmm. how I could get out of this after years of seeing um, you know, uh, after years of seeing the um, professionals, I I wasn't getting better and the older I was getting, um, it was changing. So I uh, found Michael O'Shea and I, I spent a lot of time with Michael and eventually I uh, retrained um, my physical and mental uh, blueprint of uh, myself. And um, over many, many, um, over many uh, years, and I, I think that when I learned to really accept myself, um, I felt a lot of the mental aspect of a stuttering just slowly um, disappear. Um, I don't um, torture myself anymore if I do stutter. I don't mm -hmm. think about it at twice. Um, I don't feel the physical uh, pressure that I used to have in my lungs and my uh, diaphragm and the facial contortions. Um, mm. They all slowly started to um, disappear when I learned to accept myself for this is who I am. This is who I am now for good. Do you think, Jamie, that, that that's in large part because you stopped avoiding and you started, started to push through it? Just yes. You just started to talk and the more you avoid, you know, you... You, you talked earlier, and I have to mention this because everybody who stutters may stutter differently, but we experience a lot of the same things. Yes. And, and this this thought of of the shame of having someone else do do something of, you know for you, ask for something for you, um, accompanied by the relief that you didn't have to say something, and so there's there's this dichotomy if you will of thoughts going on thank goodness 
it got done, but how shameful it is that I couldn't do it. And then the shame becomes this deep, dark thing that just digs deeper and deeper the more you don't do it. And then the more you start doing it and stepping through it, the when shame starts to shed and you get and you feel strong, that's when you start living, right, Jamie? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think what really helped is that I had fantastic uh, mentors um, as well at the university. I had a wonderful, I had a wonderful group of individuals um, that really went above and beyond um, what they were supposed to do to um, help me develop as a speaker and as a presenter, but also um, uh, professionally. That's, that's awesome. So when when did it become a mission for you to what seems like dedicate a significant part of your life to this this stuttering cause? And when when did you start Stuttering Awareness Mental Wellbeing Ireland? So there was two events that happened. Um um, I remember mom and dad watching Garrett Gates. He's a singer from the UK who has who has a, a stutter. And um, I remember mom and dad watching him. And he spoke so uh, beautifully and so eloquently after getting help. And I said to mom and dad, um, one day I'm going to make you both really, really proud of me and I'm going to do the exact same thing. And I think that burning desire um, mm. to change your life. But also um, it was a town hall from uh, President Biden that really flicked the uh, switch um, inside um, inside my mind. Um, President Biden did a town hall with the CNN correspondent Anderson uh, Cooper. And President Biden spoke about his love of Ireland, his love of Irish poetry, and how he overcame a stutter. And it was the Irish poetry and his stutter combined in a very special way. And it was that, and it was that a speech that just uh, flicked the switch and it was a game on uh, from there. It was game on from there. So game on to start a foundation, game on to start a charity. Um, game on to uh, change the lives of 50,000 people um, in Ireland. And my, my goal was to have the President Joe Biden address a stuttering during his visit to Ireland, during his, uh, during his uh, presidential uh, visit. Um, he did that at a place called Dublin a Castle um, in front of the highest level of uh, politicians across the EU, uh, the USA, and Ireland. And um, so it was... Joe, Joe I, I don't know how, how this guy does it. Yeah, now, you know, it's, it's really interesting, Brian. Um, for many of us who are older, we kind of say things in our youth, and then we wait our whole lives to maybe see if they ever come to fruition. I mean, I can think of things that when I was younger, I told my parents I wanted to be a professional basketball player, or I, I told them something like that. But what's really unique is Jamie told his parents that he was going to make them proud. Jamie told his parents he was going to accomplish great things and do things speaking, right? 
Um, I happened to be in the room the first time Jamie's parents saw him present. Really? Because Jamie thought it would be a good time to invite his parents for the first time to see him lecture at one of the talks we did in Ireland, which happened to be at the Cork City Council. That must have been, I mean, can you can you just describe that experience, Jamie, how you felt? I mean, yeah. and let's and let's um uh look at how you felt when you couldn't say present and now how you felt here and the differences in in that feeling. I had I was preparing a speech for Cork City Hall for about uh four months and I had a wonderful, wonderful a uh, speech. But the second I got up to speak, I looked up and I saw mom and dad and I saw the and I I kind of knew inside that very uh, moment that they were very, very uh, proud. And I began to get um, emotional. So the, uh, the speech I had prepared went, went completely out the window <laughs> and everything that happened inside that room, it just came from the heart. Wow. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, one of the beautiful things about people who stutter is they're, they're emotional people and people are emotional and they're authentic. And it sounds like you gave a pretty authentic presentation and uh, your, your, Confidence in your ability to get an audience with anyone in the world is inspiring to me. It's inspiring. It baffles me. He's like 26 years old, something like that. And he's he meets with President Biden. And I asked him why this was last week. And he said, well, I, call, I called the White House every day for 30 days. <laughs> That's persistence. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, tell me just a little more about the mission of Stuttering Awareness Mental Wellbeing Ireland. Just a little more, and then we'll jump in uh, to to the week that was to be remembered. Um, so right now, um, inside Ireland, we have um, sixteen and a half thousand kids on a waiting list to get their initial assessments, and these are only just to get their initial assessments. Um, we have a further 9,000 kids that are there waiting to get their first round of speech and language therapy. And we have uh, five or six more thousand waiting to get a further, uh, further uh, therapy. And I know from going through this uh, process that, uh, that uh, things need to really, uh, to really uh, change uh, in Ireland. Um, speech and language uh, therapy are down close to the bottom of the list of the disability sector, um, as it is actually called. Um, so really, uh, um, why we actually formed is to help 50,000 people living in Ireland. And the only way that we can actually do that is to get the government to make a massive, massive investment, not only in the speech and language uh, pathologists, um, but also with actually bringing all of these individuals together in the different uh, counties. 
Um, mm. So that's why we have formed and to also raise the awareness to a whole new level, uh, whether it be through the European Union uh, Parliament or through the Irish Parliament or through even our local uh, councils. Um, but it it will have to, it it has to be done, and this will be done. Well, what I love most about who you are and what you're doing is that you have no self-imposed ceilings on what you can do. I I literally love that. Like, there's no a lot of us uh, who don't stutter and who stutter put ceilings on on what we think we can accomplish and change the world. And Joe Joe has always challenged me. I think I've challenged Joe to go big a couple oh, of times. Brian, Brian, we talk about this all the time, you and I, about uh, why not take the extra step? Why not go that extra mile? And, and Jamie goes the extra 10 miles. And, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Exactly. So yeah, the, the inspiring thing for me here is um, how I, I can help uh, um, in, that, in that same way in America. And and change the way people think about stuttering um, and change, like the the leap you made uh, from not wanting to speak or have someone speak for you to now being the public voice in Ireland for those who, who stutter is so admirable. It's great. All right, let's get... I can, I can get emotional about this, by the way. Yeah. It's just huge. Let's let's get in. You know, I I read this itinerary of the week, and by the way, there were there were pub stops in Guinness all throughout the itinerary. I thought that's my kind of trip. You, you can't dehydrate, Brian. You have to make sure you're hydrated on long trips like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, the biggest myth is that Guinness is uh, high in alcohol content. It's actually not. It's actually four. I think it's four point five. It's, it's so. Obviously, you can have several, uh, which I'm sure you did. Um, Joe, Joe, can you can you describe uh, the purpose of the of this trip and what it meant to you to be a part of it? Yeah, it's interesting because um, for the time leading up to this trip, you know, we had no idea what to expect. It was getting bigger and bigger, and uh, I should say that one of the most interesting things on it was. Uh, getting to know Jamie and the rest of the team from Stuttering Awareness Mental Wellbeing in Ireland, uh, Michael Sheehan, who uh, Jamie already mentioned, but also Michael Ryan. These three guys are powerhouses. I mean, Michael, Michael, and Jamie, it's amazing what they can get done. Um, we were driving in the bus, and Michael uh, and Michael Ryan, who I had never met, but I, I knew who he was just from, from their website and stuff, He's standing waiting for the bus for us to pick him up, right? And he's this kind of guy gets on, kind of quiet, and he gets in. From the time he got on, it was like, boom, we've known this guy for 25 years. And then getting to know Michael Sheen and his wife, you know, we got to know him on a personal basis. And I can see why so many people have said that Michael has changed their lives because he's this warm, warm man who listens and guides and the three of them together, it's a fascinating organization. But at the same time, coming over to see them, uh, they were really merging a, a large group. They were bringing over um, Tom Sharstein, Trisha Henger, and Jerry um, McGuire from the World Stuttering Network. They uh, brought over the team from Therapy Abroad, Inc., uh, Chad and Jessica, who run 
programs in other countries, immersion programs of speech language pathologists. They brought over my wife and I, um, and I'm hoping I didn't forget anybody else, but then a bunch of people who stutter throughout the week were just joining us at different times. So if you think about this, Jamie pulled together this amazing group. And at the same time, every part of the trip, you had a couple either uh, parliament members with you, other, other uh, big names happened to come together. And that was all through Jamie. But in the beginning, we had no idea what this was going to look like or how it was going to work. But we realized really quickly, we all had the same passion. We all had the same excitement. Mm -hmm. And when it was 1130 and we were down in the pub at the hotel um, having a, a Guinness. At night. At night. Yeah, at night. Having a Guinness or more appropriately, Jamie and my wife having a baby Guinness. That, that was their big drink. Um, but we were talking stuttering. Huh. And then it would become midnight. And we're still talking stuttering. And then we're talking about therapy. And then we're talking about how to train teachers. And then we're talking about how to get the government involved. And what was really interesting is Jamie pulled people from all over the world for this trip. Mm -hmm. And through our shared visions, our shared passion and dedication, Jamie was able to lead us in a week trip that is going to then leverage into projects for the rest of my career and probably everyone involved would say the same thing. You you gave um, several speeches, Joe, uh, to uh, some pretty high level people. What what did you speak on, and who did you speak to? And were you nervous? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've never been so uh, nervous for any talks I've ever given ever. I mean, it was you were frantic because you had no idea when it was going to start or where you were going to go. So you had to be flexible. Um, it's interesting because Jamie and I talked about what I was going to say in the different talks for a long time. And I'm used to presenting. I'm used to talking about stuttering. I'm used to talking about counseling, different things. Uh, Jamie was editing my talks, which is really comfortable because I didn't know him really well. And Jamie, what he told me, and actually suggested was less about content and more about who I was and my relationship with Ireland and my history in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And that was really nerve wracking because I like to present not about myself though. Mm. And so I started every talk with talking about my ancestry in Ireland. And I talked about how the Dunaher family uh, left Ireland, came through Canada, and ended up in Philadelphia. And that, that's because of Jamie. I, I've never talked that way. Mm. Uh, I talked about a lot of personal things in those talks. It was really difficult and different for me. But it added to this trip. And from the moment we stepped off of that airplane at 7 o'clock or 6.30, uh, in which Jamie was waiting and the itinerary started as soon as we got there, but as soon as we stepped down, there was this feeling of being welcome. And no matter where we were throughout Ireland, whether we were with the biggest name people or, or just regular local folks that we were running into, everyone was so inviting and so accepting of us. And I, I think one of the biggest messages I found was their arms are open and they want to collaborate. Every person we met, 
was so happy that we were there, mm. so eager to help us and to collaborate. And, and what I think it does is often stuttering isolates, right? Too often people who stutter are by themselves, avoiding talking, not going out. What this did a really nice job of is it broadened our view. And it got me out of thinking of Havertown and out of thinking of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia and out of the United States. And we started looking around the world and there's congruence there. What we're struggling with is what they're struggling with. And that's really, really important for everyone in the stuttering community to know that they're not alone and that mm. folks all over the world, no matter where you go, even down to the, the farthest part of West Cork, <laughs> people who stutter. And um, the only other really important thing I found was that I didn't know this before the trip, but Cork is the official capital of Ireland. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. Joe, Joe, so what were you there uh, to push an agenda? Uh, so, so you spoke for the parliament, the Irish parliament, is that right? Yep, we spoke for parliament, yep. And what parliament, yeah. And what what were you asking the Irish government for? Yeah, it's interesting. Um it's a bit of a, a large task to to go over to another country and assume you know what they should do or tell them what to do. Mm. Um and I hope I didn't do that, and I don't think I did. Uh what I think I did is I, I showed some commonalities though, right? And I think stuttering is unique. But it's also very similar to other things people are struggling with at times. Mm -hmm. And I think that the message that we pushed was that stuttering isn't the problem. You know, when you listen to Jamie's story, when he's talking about stuttering, he said he stuttered from an early age. And then he talked about he didn't see any light and he felt hopeless. Well, that that hopelessness kind of was stemmed from the time he was laughed at. He didn't start talking about his stuttering when it started. He started when it was the first time that he felt a negative social consequence to stuttering. Right. So what we talk about is the reaction to stuttering. Right, thank the you. The reaction of the individual to hide, the reaction of the individual to feel like they're not worth communicating. So the way the individual is meant to feel, but bigger than that, the way society reacts to stuttering. Mm. By that classmate laughing at Jamie, that changed Jamie's perspective. Holy. And the more that happens, the more it's just reinforced with Jamie. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I love that their foundation isn't called Stuttering Awareness. It's called Stuttering Awareness Mental Well-Being. And because the big impact of stuttering is on your overall life. It's not just a frequency issue. Mm -hmm. Gene Cooper in the 70s talked about the frequency fallacy, that severity is not based on frequency of stuttering. Severity should be based on the impact of your life. Mm -hmm. So that to me means that therapy goals should mm -hmm. be based on reducing the impact of stuttering on one's life. But mm -hmm. too often, the only thing we think about with stuttering is the set of behavior. Mm -hmm. Wow, that, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, and, and, uh, Jamie, give me a reaction to what, what you just heard there, because that, uh, that was inspiring as well. Yeah, 
Um, I have actually never heard someone uh, put it like that and it made total sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never thought about that actually starting um, from the first time someone uh, someone uh, laughed at me until now. And it, it makes and it makes uh, and it makes um, total sense. Yeah. It is just years and years of this built up uh, frustration and embarrassment and shame. Uh, you know, uh, coming to a point where you just break, and I think it happens to everyone. Everybody will break at some point. You break, you know. I, I, their traumas. I call we call them micro traumas. That that's what that's why. Like on a dime, I can I can get emotional about it because uh, there's a little bit of what is it PTSD over yeah. the you know literally hundreds of trauma situations that are that are spurred on by social reactions social interactions in in the world that um made me not the person i wanted to be and how i you know it's so, which is why we went out talking about it the fact that you guys were singing from the mountaintops making uh stuttering a conversation among the highest levels of ireland is amazing Joe, Joe, you were you were specifically speaking, if I'm right, about um, getting some of these thousands of people that that uh, Jamie talked about access to intervention services earlier. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we, we would love people to get access to intervention. I mean, we'd like people, but I think the bigger issue there is we have to have good intervention to get people to. And so, so we're not just talking about we need more therapists. Right, because not every therapist knows anything about stuttering. So we want to talk about a couple things. One is just the push that makes stuttering an acceptable topic. That it's that's just, right. It's okay. It's just something one way. You that's do. that's what we're trying to do. Make it a topic. So, Anxiety is a topic. Depression is a yeah, topic. Yeah. Eating disorders are topics. There's a lot of topics, but stuttering has always been like the little. It's like. Hush, yeah. I don't know why, and and we we stutterers have not uh, have not done our job because we've been hiding it and not want to talk about it until people like you, Jamie, uh, spread the word. Well, I mean, the hard part too is when we talk about educating the masses, right, or, or kind of general education on stuttering. Um, we see it happen in different ways. Of course, when the president of the United States stutters, that helps, right, because people talk about what stuttering is. When there's a movie about stuttering, like The King's Speech came out, everybody was talking about stuttering. It was a great time to educate. Um, but but I, I think the big thing about stuttering is that most people already think they know what stuttering is. That's the issue. And the vast majority of people will say, oh, I understand stuttering. And they're all thinking it as a set of behaviors. Yeah. But we know Unless you know people who stutter, unless you are a person who stutters, unless you really have seen how stuttering impacts someone over the course of their life, um, your view of stuttering is probably limited. So mm -hmm. when I say educating on stuttering, getting the word out about stuttering, um, I, I think the most important thing is a realistic perspective about what stuttering is. Mm. And the strongest way is when folks like Jamie are sitting in these council meetings in parliament and everywhere else, and they're talking about their mission and they're stuttering really well and moving forward in their message. And mm -hmm. they're just great role models. Jamie, you're, you're now, um, 
a month, month and a half removed from this experience. Can you can you speak to the impact that it's had uh, on both you and any other conversations that you had with people either in parliament or uh, otherwise yeah. who were part of it? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say here is that when um, when uh, when we were actually putting this whole plan together, uh, one thing that we wanted to um, to really uh, highlight, um, and especially to Doctor to Doctor uh, to Doctor Jerry uh, McGuire and do and Doctor uh, and Doctor um, Donaher, is that um, first of all you are now home and that type of and that type of a message i want to be home too man, joe i want i want i want him to say it about me i'm coming and no matter where they were whether it be inside a cork or a dublin or side county bray uh no matter where they went uh, we uh we could have all wanted to make them feel like they are home and i hope that we though really got that through to um, everybody that, um, you know, everyone came back home. And you know, that was the first thing that um, I wanted uh, to do for every single event was to make sure that everyone knew that they were home. Um, the second thing was the, after Joseph Donaher uh, spoke to, uh, to the parliament, members of the parliament put through a motion and that is to be voted on very, very soon for a parliamentary discussion on early intervention for speech and language therapy. So that is going to happen very, very soon um, at the Cork City Hall at a local level. Um, there is going to be a council discussion about how can um, local communities um, the raise awareness on not only a stuttering but also um different uh different uh, challenges that people have and create a whole event um they want to educate the politicians so if you have any sort of issue the first protocol you're gonna gonna have is i'm gonna try and contact our local politician see where to go and how do we get help and that is really what the um, everyone does so um the, ed the education of the politicians um is going to happen at a local level and at a, a government uh, uh, level um very interestingly from uh, our visit to the university i think there's going to be some very interesting um collaborations that are going to come out of there um including my own mentor um dr keen o'neill Wow. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like it was an endurance event, Joe. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it was an endurance event as well. And you're you're kind of the uh, endurance athlete guy. But um, in in our world, there wasn't the um, the nutrition and the <laughs> getting ready. We went so fast and so hard. I, I think we got two meals a day and, and it could have been one and a half because uh, Guinness doesn't count for the one. But you know what? We didn't have time to slow down and eat. So it was really interesting. We just kept going. Well, uh, so uh, on the subject of endurance events, you met with some sports teams. 
Um, what I haven't quite understood how how the sports teams, the professional sports teams, played a role here. Can you can you share that, Jamie or, or Joe? Yeah, well, I think one thing that's interesting to just comment quickly, Jamie. I'll let you jump in. Um, very different atmosphere in Ireland than in the United States because in Ireland the sports are not professional. So even at the top level, like the, the top guys in the game have another job, right? And, and the top guys in the game are then going home and playing for their club team with guys like me down the, the lane, right? <laughs> so it's a very different atmosphere and there's not the money involved in sports that, mm. that are involved here. And so it's a, it was a very different um, thing. Like I, I can't imagine going up to the top NBA players and the NFL players here and just kind of hanging out, chatting with them. And yet we, we met these amazing athletes who, who are some of the biggest names in sports there. And they're just hanging out, talking to us. It was great. Yeah, and this is Irish soccer, Jamie. Is that right? I, Irish football. Um, it is the hurling team and the uh, football team. Okay. Uh, the, 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 football. the hurling team and the football team. And, and uh, how do you know these people? I, I mean, did, are, did you play yourself? Uh, I used to, but not for a very, very long time. Um, I gave up the, I, I gave up the, uh, the uh, hurling to pursue the martial arts. Martial arts. Oh, so there's that in the equation here. Okay, that brings you good discipline. So, but did, is that where you knew these people from? Um, no. Um, I got to. I got to actually know a lot of the um, all-star teams through my university. So a lot of the all-star players would have been, would have actually gone through the same, the same, uh, the same uh, university and the same uh, course um, um, as me. So that is where I got to meet um, Lorcan McLaughlin, um, who is one of the Cork all-star uh, players. And he has been involved with us from day one to highlight the the uh, studying awareness throughout Cork. And if you're gonna do anything, you're going to need uh, you're going to need uh, you're going to need a sports star um, to really get your uh, message out, and you're going to need a familiar face to the public. Wow! And so Lord and Dr. O'Neill were those two individuals. So now, Joe. So now you're you're obviously at home there. You do you do you have dual citizenship now in Ireland and in America? You could, it sounds like. I, I don't. I don't. That would be lovely, but I don't have. It. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, you know, you may not need to buy buy another Guinness yourself in Ireland with the people you know. Um, how how are you going to continue to build relationships in Ireland, Joe? Yeah. It's really interesting because I think that that hits it in the head and you you know how I feel about this, but to me, everything's about building relationships, right? Everything. And I look at how fortunate, I've been to Ireland a bunch of times in the past. Um, I think the first time I was there was I was 20 and um, I was there a year ago visiting my daughter and I hadn't been back in, in a while. My wife and I hadn't been back. And that week, I, I reconnected with, you know, you, you go back to all your old books, you read up about your history, you read about uh, the government changing and all the things in Ireland. And uh, about a year ago, it was so nice to kind of engulf myself back in that a little bit. 
because I don't think I would have appreciated mm. um, everything that happened or everything that was going to happen. And I still don't think I have because I've had some amazing conversations since I've been home that stem from conversations in Ireland. And what I think that the magic of it was, was just going back and looking kind of from a broader perspective, appreciating that other people are looking at the same thing I'm looking at, maybe in a different way, talking about it differently, and getting to know each other on a personal level. That was, to me, the benefit of this trip. So what I feel is necessary is um, I think it'd be it's very important for teens who stutter to get leadership skills. Mm. For teens who stutter to know how to lead instead of following, mm. right? And when I say this about teens who stutter, I'm a father of a 20-year-old boy. I think these are the same things he needs. Yep. And so I'm saying this about teens who stutter, but I really think it's anybody. But what I would like to do is I would like to bring folks from the United States who stutter over to Ireland and do a very similar tour. And I'd like to do it for two reasons. From an internal reason, I think it could change their lives and, and they could see they're part of a much larger global community. From an external standpoint, I think they have a lot to teach and a lot to give. Mm. And I think if I get in front of a crowd in Ireland uh, at whatever center and I talk for a little bit, people will listen to what I say. Mm -hmm. But they won't listen as closely as if it was a person who stutters giving the same message. Mm. And they won't listen as closely if it's a young person who stutters. Mm. And so I really think there is an opportunity for us to teach kind of the world through immersion and at the same time have some of these young kids who stutter develop the leadership skills that are going to allow them to take on leadership positions in the stuttering community and leadership positions in the world community. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. we've already started the process and we have some really good educators that were on the trip with us that are starting programs over there, or at least short programs. And I think my goal would be to get a group and to lead them through Ireland and really kind of amplify those education things that are already happening with a whole new group of teachers and leaders. What do you think, Jamie? Can you make this happen? Absolutely. But not only that, um, I have already started to work on something that has never, ever been done before. And that is going to happen. And it will only happen when you all come to Ireland. Um, mm. I will pull that off. Um, but it has never, ever been done anywhere in the world before. And that is what uh, we will pull off. Well, uh, come back at me a little bit there. What's never been done before in the world? You will find out uh, next June. Oh! <laughs> I gonna... have already started to work on that, but you will find out next June. So we'll have to do a podcast number two for the release. But very, very interesting, um, very, very interestingly, um, 
when we went to Ireland, we went to the we went to the home of the Irish uh, president, and our good friend here, Joe, became the first person after the U.S. president Joe Biden to ring Ireland's peace bill, and. It, that is a magnificent um, honor to have to always say that he is the first person ever after U.S. President Joe Biden to ring Ireland's peace bell. It's a, a it's a huge honor, and for you know my good friend Joe to have that, it is extremely special for me too. So um, yeah, it sounds it, like always there there was quite a few bucket lists that you uh, that that you hit. On, on this trip it, it there were was... things i didn't even know were on my bucket list that i hit you know <laughs> right right it's amazing because jamie has a really unique way about him and uh i mean obviously that that bell was an amazing honor it was overwhelming um like i said i did a lot of thinking and kind of uh just kind of about my own family and my own history and stuff and uh that day i was thinking an awful lot about my father and my father passed away a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, throughout my trip in Ireland, I wore my father's watch to remind mm. me of him. Wow. And uh, after that bell, we're walking through these gardens at the president's house. And, and like, it, it's just everything you think as odd as that would sound, it's, it's crazier. It's like, it's this amazing experience. I just got to ring this bell. We're walking around. We've got the dog next to us that everybody loves, the president's dog. And uh, Jamie comes over and goes, why don't you just go down there, Joe, and walk over there and reflect for a little bit and think about your dad. And, and like, he had this uncanny just timing that was really amazing. And Jamie, you did it to me there. You did it to me about three places. Yeah. And uh, I'm so appreciative of everything you did for us. But um that to me was was just representative of the stuttering community because it, it people are so open and welcoming and and they want to kind of bring you in and, and Jamie you just personified that and thank you so much for everything you did for us and, and for the things you got started on that trip you're very welcome and you know always come home Joe that's where you should always come every year is uh, come home well, that's an invitation that Joe, I'm, I'm sure you're going to take up, and yep. and uh, as, as is the Noel Stuttering Foundation, we we hope to be a big uh, part of it. The um, you know the idea that uh, Joe and I have been uh, talking about is how to get young people um, willing to spend time talking about stuttering and. I, I didn't, I'm sure, I don't know if you did, it didn't, Jamie, but when I was younger, the last thing that I wanted to do was talk about my stuttering in front of anybody. Um, so we, we're talking about leadership here, as Joe mentioned. Yes. Having having the Noel Stuttering Foundation use uh, some of the same leadership uh, uh, programs that we we train leaders on to train younger people, such as change management, goal setting, uh, time management and planning, uh, community, um, leadership things. Everybody wants to know leadership things. And so uh, we're, we're going to integrate that into uh, a program like this in Ireland. So is there any 
anything on the map, Joe? Joe, you started a a planning group, uh, a board, if you will, to yep. plan this trip. And I guess we're going to start right after the holidays on the planning of it. Yeah, well, it's, when we can get a time to sit down, Brian, because uh, there's some things moving fast. And I, I think to get this off the ground, we probably will have some exciting news within, I would say, the end of January, February, we'd have to make a decision, but we're pretty close to making some announcements. Why don't we meet, you know, shortly in the holiday season over at Guinness, Joe, somewhere in a local Irish Irish pub. We can FaceTime with our friend Jamie. And uh, maybe you can you can hoist up a Guinness yourself there and share us about it. Um, you two have been super fun uh, and and um, hold so much promise for the for the world of people who who stutter. Jamie, anything you want to say to to listeners who are listening to this who may have had their own doubts about their their predicaments or e even parents uh, like to, that are worried about their children? It, I always find it difficult to talk to a parents um, simply because um, I had to watch my own. And it, it is always very, very hard um, for me to do that because it, I have to go back into a certain a place. But for the simple message that we give out here is this is my this is my phone number this is my email address contact us uh, mm -hmm. we will help you we will talk to you we will get you the help that you need um mm -hmm. it's simply um to uh, contact us but there is always light at that other end of the of the, the uh, tunnel even if you don't see it um you will but there's fantastic people to be inspired by um all over the world from the u.s president joe biden to here in ireland from michael o'shea and michael um michael o'ryan um, there is life there there is always a way out to a better quality of life um you've got to find it and though what dr o'neill used to say to me um, whenever I used to meet him as a student and he always used to say a dream big and there is there is a no passion to be found playing small so he always uses to tell me to, to have a dream big I never took any kind of a notice of that until um, we actually dreamt big and you know, go to the White House um, though that was our kind of mission and we got there, but um, we're we are we are coming back um, in March. Um, there is one stone left unturned, and that is um, the Oval Office. <laughs> but um, that will happen. Um, we will figure out a way to make that happen. So we have about three months, which is which is nice. You we you have um, a time frame. Um, but that will happen. Um, there's no ifs, buts, or maybes. That is going to happen. That's great. That's awesome. That is so wonderful. Joe, I'm going to give you the final word. I, I want to know how this trip changed you. I want to know how you are a different person than you were before this trip. Uh, yeah, well, um, 
it, it put things back in perspective for me. And, and I've been doing this a long time. And uh, Brian, you, you've been asking me for the last couple of weeks, you know, like what was your best memory of the trip? What was the most insane thing, right? Because there were a lot of big, big deals, right? Yeah. But I think back to them, proudest stuff. And the thing that was probably one of the best parts of the trip was we were in a meeting at um, at MTU with O'Donovan. And uh, we're in a room with like maybe 20 people, maybe. It's like, we're all dressed up in suits and uh, it, it, the whole group. And uh, Jane, your mom and dad were with us and stuff. And we're at this like kind of formal table talking and someone knocked at the door and it was this young mom and her like four-year-old son who stutters, great five-year-old son who stutters, right? And uh, I got the privilege of getting to leave that stuffy room with all the name people and just go hang out with that little kid for about 45 minutes. And like, you forget like these big meetings, powerful people, all that, it's great. And I'm honored to have done that. But this trip really reminded me of why I do what I do and how relationship building yeah. and the people we meet and the people we learn from are, are so important. And yeah. that little kid in like 45 minutes went from closed up and scared and petrified of this guy who talks funny. And in 45 minutes, he was like a different little dude playing on my phone, hanging out, saying goodbye to the whole room of people. Wow. And so I forget, and Ireland really allowed me to remember that it's the connection between us that makes the magic happen. Wow. Well, uh, gentlemen, uh, I, on behalf of the uh, stutterers of the world, thank you for what you do and for in inspiring me to, to do what I do because it's because of people like you that keep me going. Um, we will uh, have you both on next year to hear about the um, uh, leadership expedition to Ireland uh, with some young people from here. And uh, thank you both. Thank you, Brian. Until then, uh, be bold and be brave. Thank you so much. Nolan Stuttering Foundations, or NSF's primary purpose is to bring young people who stutter together and help them become the best versions of themselves. We do this through programming design to help them share and navigate the unique communication and psychological challenge they experience. NSF helps prepare young people to take the next step in their lives, whether it's high school, college, or, or, or your, your career. For ideas and, and contributions to the podcast, contact us at info at nolansf.org.